I had a new strategic plan. I had a new focus. I was creating a new product. I was back on and I got momentum. And I actually ended up having, uh, for the spring, one of the best quarters of my business so far. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with David Louch and Jason Hunt. Our mission with this show is to discuss all things business, digital marketing, sales, and mindset. It's our hope to empower entrepreneurs to get the most from their efforts so that they can focus on what they do best. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Merge Marketing Podcast. My name is David, co-host and producer, along with my partner, Jason Hunt. Today, we're pleased to welcome Allison Graham to the show. As a resiliency expert, author, and media commentator, Allison Graham shares her problem-solving framework to build resiliency and amplify capacity. She's been engaging audiences since 2006, speaking for Fortune 500 companies and coaching leaders to get out of their own way and step into their full potential. Her books include Married My Mom, Birthed My Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks, Busy is a Bad Excuse, and From Business Cards to Business Relationships. Allison's latest online program is called Take Back Your Weekends, a better, less stressful way to get it all done and how to build an online course, even if you suck at tech. You may have seen her featured by media outlets like Global News and Fast Company or heard her on her Resiliency Ninja podcast, which you should definitely check out. Allison, thank you and welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. That was a mouthful. It was. I'm going to cut that by 30 was, seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them are not easy to get through, but you know what? The it was important and I'm glad I got to, to get through awesome. it for you. So um, perfect. Well, we uh, we like to start the show pretty much the same usually. And, and that is maybe just to get to know a little bit more about you personally. So who is Allison Graham, where you come from, how you got into what you're doing, and then uh, we'll go from there. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I, where do I come from? I am actually in Ontario. I grew up in a small village called Erie Beach where we just finished a massive renovation and uh, so that's been my escape through this COVID time. I, I try to be out at the lake as much as I can, unless of course I need the internet, in which case I need to be in the city. So uh, love that. Um, you heard the title of the book, Married My Mom, Birthed a Dog, which obviously was a joke. I, yeah. you know, I did not literally do that, uh, <laughs> but I went through a really, really tough time in my life as you know, so many people do. And I was, uh, I'd actually had a surgery that went wrong and uh, I remember the day I was sitting in my doctor's office and I was like, just like hyperventilating, crying, like, you know, that ugly cry with a bit of a high pitched squeal on the top. <laughs> and uh, he was like, Allison, your pain is never going away. You are never going to work full time again. You need to reevaluate your expectations for your life. And at the time, I'd already created a very successful speaking and training business. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Like there has to be something else. And I ended up going on this journey because he, he said one thing to me, he said, okay, then you're going to have to figure out how to be resilient. And I was like, Ooh, I don't really know what that means. Like I always thought of it as like Olympic athlete, yeah. you know, who like sprains their ankle and then comes back and wins the gold. Uh, that was sort of my frame of thinking about resilience. 
Uh, and, and the other frame I had was very much, we just got to keep going, keep going, keep pushing through. But because I had so much neuropathic pain, because I was so exhausted and because I was struggling so much, like I couldn't push through. And, you know, I think so often for business owners, we have this hustle, hustle, hustle mentality, and then we judge ourselves, you know, what's going on. So anyway, that began the journey. And like any independent, successful, you know, female business owner might do, I, uh, I called my mama. <laughs> I said, you know, what if you were to like give up your life back at the lake? Uh, my dad had already died at that point. <clears throat> And like, come hang out with me and you could be like my chauffeur <laughs> and like clean my house so I can keep my business alive and, you know, do all that kind of mom stuff. And that became the joke about married my mom and then I got a dog, which, yeah. So <laughs> that was part of it. But it was all the thinking that led me because I always taught networking mm -hmm. and I would work with companies like big, huge companies who were like, you know, and then I'd have conversations with the the leaders in the background. And I realized like all the tactics in the world don't matter. Mm -hmm. If you can't figure out how to manage your mental health, your mindset, your physical being, your emotional, you know, intelligence, all of that wrapped into a bow. And so if we can look at all of that and really get better, that personal growth, then the tactics, the business building actually becomes a lot easier. And so that is how I ended up doing what I do now. And after I got through that journey, obviously off all of the medication, off um, dealing with my pain, and I am working full time. So take that doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, am, uh, I, I like to help other people sort of, you know, deal with all the stuff we go on deal with, right? Like we all have problems. It's part of the human experience. And uh, I really think a lot of what we're stressed about, we're creating unnecessary stress. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so are, are you still experiencing that pain? Absolutely. Really, eh? Yeah. So you can now just kind of block it out and it's not even there, but yet it, it is. You know like, how, is that like an, kind of sounds like an out-of-body experience. I don't know how to really... It's actually yeah. what I figured out is you need to make friends with it, which sounds really silly, but when you have, which is very different than acute pain. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like something happened, you have an injury. Um, you know, I had that a little while ago, I had to go into the hospital and, you know, I had a, an injury that was sort of like with my hip. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's very different. But if you have pain for two, three, four, five, six, now I'm into year 12, you need to make friends with it. Yeah. And um, what I mean by that is I used to, whenever I'd feel the pain and it'd come on and it feels like this knife like twisting in and it was like just such a, you know, it, it, was, it was a starting point that would create then anger, irritability, exhaustion. And I was constantly in this battle. It was like every day was like my words. I'd start my day with a bad word and then this hurts. What do I need to get done today to keep my life moving forward? That was always my attitude. And then I was like, you know what? This fighting the pain is, I think, making it harder to deal with the pain. Mm -hmm. And so I named my pain. I gave it an image. 
and I like literally uh, this is gonna people are gonna think I'm crazy, but it works. I literally am like, oh, there you are again, little guy. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are you? Because I think like in my book, um, the married my mom birthed the dog book, I actually talked about like, you know, if you thought of pain, because a lot of people talk about pain, or, like have pain who are probably watching right now. It's probably not what we were planning on talking about today, but um it if you have it and you, you think of it like as like a grumpy little smurf do you remember the smurfs yeah grumpy smurf and so grumpy smurf is holding on as tight as he can and he's causing this pain and if you start like beating up on grumpy smurf he's like hey smurfs help me hold on like this is like i love these metaphors right like these images i get in my mind and so then all the smurfs come and then they're like hanging on everybody's like in on it but if I go, oh, honey, it's okay. We're just going to relax that pain today. And you can just loosen your grip. Then Grumpy Smurf goes, hey, guys, you guys can go away. And I only have to deal with the real issue. It, 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 like I, I, it, I explain it probably better in the book. But um, yeah, it, there, there's a way to deal with it. It's interesting because, you know, I think, you know, we're talking about pain here and the ability to be resilient with pain. But there's so many different traits or negative characteristics that people want to kind of overcome and they're self-aware of, um, whether it be procrastination or whether it be, you know, um, you know, ability to be social in a, in a, in a, in a, in a public setting, you know, things like that. And I guess it would, it be similar, like the ways you would overcome that issue be the same across the board, whether it be pain or procrastination. hundred percent. So, and that's where this framework that I teach a problem solving framework i think of it as something that you can overlay on any issue mm -hmm. so some people like when i work with uh corporate leaders it's like they're worrying so much right like they worry 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 well that's just robbing your capacity or they're um procrastinating you mentioned a great one jay uh or they're like freaking out about the money and they're allowing the fact that they don't have security right now because their whole business you know, fell out from the bottom, perhaps with COVID uh, to overshadow everything they do. And anybody who's been in sales or responsible for their own money, like generation knows that if you're not right, it's really hard to sell from a place of desperation. Yeah. And so I remember COVID uh, happened and I was set up for I'm 14 years in business. I was set up for my best quarter yet. Right. I had these teams as work. I was so excited. And by Friday night at 10 o'clock, I kept saying, well, at least I have this one gig. <laughs> at least I still have this one left. Right. Like this, the week as the dominoes started canceling. And then at Friday night at 10 o'clock, I had um, my last cancellation. And so I was looking at like six months of nothing. And so at first, our natural instinct, of course, we're like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? There's all the stress of the world and all of this. And I did a little bit of like, you know, want to crawl under the table and, you know, get into the fetal position and process that emotion for sure, like so many. But by Monday morning, I had a new strategic plan. I had a new uh, focus. I was creating a new product. I was back on and I got momentum. And I actually ended up having uh, for the spring uh, one of the best quarters of my business so far. So that was awesome. Now, <laughs> Summer kind of sucked, yeah. <laughs> I tell you. And the fall is shape enough, okay. So uh, that's all right. But so so here, should we dive into the formula? Uh, yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I, 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 sorry, I was at, at, at a quick thing first. And it's funny just on that point, because it's such a, a good point that I think a lot of people go through. Like for us, I mean, let's talk about sales for a second uh, or even account managing. You know, the minute, you know, if we lose a client, like for me, it ruins my day. Like I am done for the day. I can't get it off my mind and I'm aware of it. And I know this and it's because it's happened many times. And it's just like this absolutely ruined my day. How can I get my my mindset off of this and stop thinking about it and, and and just take a different direction with it. Well, my remedy to that would be pick up the phone and start selling because yes. I know that's the positive that's going to counteract that feeling that I have of losing that client. You know what I mean? And and I think it's, it's a matter, and I'm sure you're going to dive into it, but it's a matter of finding that positive to offset that negative. That's a huge piece, piece of resilience is optimism and being able to see the hope right? Like it's okay that this happened. And it's interesting. I, um, one of my colleagues in the event industry wrote a post this week and she's like, you know, I have really struggled emotionally. I'm, you know, really, I, I know I need to get over this. I need, I know I need to move on and push through. So to, to starting today, I'm going to push through. And I said to her, I said, yes, you need to take action. And we have to honor the reality that you're grieving what was right like we need to figure like that's where the emotional processing so even when you think about losing a client and god we've all been there right and you're like ah oh, and especially when it's one you loved right it's so hard and it's emotionally difficult so i'm not going to say don't process that i'm going to say let's get into it so you feel the emotions and go fully because when we try to avoid and we deflect I used to call it my gotta go technique. I don't like this feeling over here. So I gotta go over there. Yeah. And then what happens is you end up with this underlying emotion that can actually either like fester a little bit like over time, not necessarily with a, a failed bottles client. up, bottles up. Bottles yep. up, bottles up. And then all of a sudden we hit burnout, right? We 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 rob our capacity. So I would actually prefer uh, you know, if I were, you know, coaching you, it'd be like, okay, great. You've lost a client. Let's recognize that absolutely sucks. And so we would go through the framework and we would figure out what are the learnings from it? What are the things? And we'd process it so that when you pick up the call to, to call that next prospect, to do that next sale, you're not actually doing it kind of, and I don't think this is the right phraseology, so forgive me, but you're not doing it out of spite or you're not doing it, it's not your rebound call, mm. <laughs> right? Like if you mm -hmm. like, you know, be, um, if you think about relationships, it's all the same, 100%. right? So nobody ever, you know, mended a broken heart by going out to a bar and, you know, connecting with somebody new to get over the person they just lost. That's right. right. Like, I don't think, I, I don't it's know. A, it's a very elegant way of putting it. <laughs> Hundred percent. You got I, like I think this is a PG show. I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> well, you want to reflect, right? I mean, you yeah. you got you got to learn from the mistakes. Like, why did we lose that client? Why did we lose that that girlfriend or boyfriend? Yeah. You know what what can we learn from that entire experience so we can be better on that next sales call or on that next date with that new person, right? Well, and what's interesting is we are taught from a very young age to ignore the bad feelings. So let's walk through this for a second. So think about it. You're a kiddo. And if you were fortunate enough to have a mom or a dad, you know, who, who really cared about your well-being or a teacher or whoever, and you fall down on your bike 
and you've skinned your knee. Okay, so you got it's bleeding and you've got remember that road rash that you used to get when you would fall on a, a right? And somebody comes over and they they pick you up and they kiss it better and they you know put it put a polysporin on it and a band-aid and they're like see it's all good now it doesn't hurt anymore stop crying and you as a kid are thinking and they're like let's go get ice cream right and to deflect and you as a five-year-old are going i got it still kind of hurts but i'm starting <laughs> to get the fact that i'm not supposed to be upset that it still hurts and then we go on and we get into the playground and we start to get bullied. And we come home from, and maybe not bullying, but maybe, you know, just the catty stuff. I mean, bullying is a big deal now, but back in the day, it was just the normal, oh, you know, your hair, you should get it cut. I'll cut it for you, you know, or whatever. And uh, sorry, did that only happen to me in grade nine? <laughs> yeah. Somebody definitely. cut my hair for me <laughs> from the desk behind me. And all oh, of a sudden, I had nothing. Wow. Um, and then the, the parents, all well-intentioned say, oh, don't worry about it. They're just jealous, right? Don't cry. When somebody cries, what do we say? Don't cry. Yeah, this is, it's interesting. I want to hit this point for a second because, you know, my oldest daughter right now is, um, is going through an issue every night when she goes to bed, she's in this pain and it's to the point where she's in a lot of pain, right? And, um, and physical or emotional? It's physical. So her, her okay. bum hurts, right? So um, so for her, she's just, she's in this pain. But for us, it's like, Scarlett, just, you know, move on. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. But Allison, what you're saying is it, what would be the best way to deal with a situation like that? Like the fall off the bike when a child's in pain, how do they, how Validate. can we get them to acknowledge? Yeah. How do we get them to Validate. Tell me what the pain feels like. Let's give this pain a name. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that you're feeling that pain is totally normal. And you won't feel it forever, but right now I need you to just tell me more about it. Mm. Not to go down into the rabbit hole of, you know, I, I wanna, um, I get all emotional about this stuff, right? Like I just love it because it's like, you wanna just give her a hug and let her cry. We See, emotion, if you think about it, see, I, I love a good teary eye because it means I'm in flow, right? But here's the thing, we have this spectrum of emotion. And, you know, this is high, like, let's say joyful and, um, you know, elated and happy. And this is like sad and angry and, and disappointed and all of these different things. Like name your emotions all the way across the scale. And I used to be under the misbelief that happy was neutral. And that meant that if my day, I didn't reflect and think I was happy, then I failed. But neutral is neutral. And in order to feel happy, we need to be able to feel sad. We can't accept happy without accepting sad because without the alternate side, we don't have anything to compare it to. We wouldn't actually feel emotion if we didn't have the bad. So instead of feeling bad about it. I think one of the things like people just want to be validated, like not, and like I say, not to get stuck into the rabbit hole, not to feed the victim mentality, right? Of, oh my God, woe is me. And now I identify with this pain because that happens with a lot of pain patients, mm -hmm. right? Is they become, it becomes their identity. And that's what I refuse to allow to happen. Mm -hmm. But if you think about your daughter, it's just, 
honey, listen, I know it hurts. Tell me about the pain. What does it feel like? You know, if you really concentrate on the pain, does it go away? Because sometimes it'll dissipate, right? And, um, you know, what are you going to do when your pain goes away? How are you going to feel? Are you going to appreciate your pain-free body a little bit more mm. when you don't have it? And sometimes in life, we feel pain. And that's okay. So interesting. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, this is a great chat. Allison, um, cause I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. I'm a psych major, so I love this. I oh, love reading out of this stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, I don't know if you ever seen the, the, uh, the movie on Netflix, uh, documentary called the social dilemma. Have oh, I watched that? it like two nights ago and yeah. I haven't stopped talking about it. Since. Oh my goodness. That, that, I mean, that is something, David, have you seen that yet? I have actually, I was gonna, I was gonna suggest that you and I do a separate show just on that. That movie was really good. Yeah, so maybe we will, but yeah. you know, I just because what made me think about this here was just how you know uh, how how addictive social media is because social media tries to, it essentially gets you to that pinnacle of happiness on a consistent basis, and it's sitting there at the at your at, at, in your hand at your disposal at any point in time. You can just be like, I want to be happy now, yeah. picking up my phone, and I'm going to sit there and scroll for an hour through TikTok, and yep. and I'm happy. So mm -hmm. it's interesting, you know, the effect that 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 phone, social media, and the ability to connect at ease. Um, can just be fixed uh, like that. Who's scrolling through but social media? Sad, but it's not you know? fixed. This is the mm. issue. Yeah. Because it's a dopamine hit, mm -hmm. as they talk about in the show, yeah. that is actually a deflection mm. from whatever you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I notice it. And so one of the pieces of the framework is self-awareness. And we have to get so curious about how we're responding to situations in order to be able to better maneuver them. And I know for myself, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm upset that I, you know, um, embarrassed myself or overshared or did something, instead of wanting to feel like, especially embarrassment is one that like I will sit with and try not to sit with because I hate the feeling. But, and I notice what I do, right? And maybe you guys do the same thing. As soon as I feel that uncomfortableness, I grab the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so when I realized this, what I did was I, uh, now see first, first instinct is not the issue. we got to look for the second. So self-awareness, feeling this feeling, I'm going to grab for the phone. And then I go, Oh, as soon as my hand touches the phone, I go, Oh, wait a second. Am I just looking for a way to got to go away from what I need to feel? Yeah. Pull the hand back up, go, Oh, I hate this. But as soon as, but the thing with emotions is the worst ones when we allow them to feel when we actually like sit with them and have them like roll around for a bit, they dissipate. Like I had things before I figured this out, I had speeches and like, I used to be a horrible public speaker. Like <laughs> I remember there's one guy who he would uh, see me coming and he, he was like, Oh God, please. Why do they keep giving her a microphone? But I used to be involved in politics and I was young and I was blonde and they used to put me up on the stage. God, I don't know why, but anyway, I'm so grateful they did because now I earn my living speaking. But I had moments like I remembered one golf tournament where I had to get up and speak and I was just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was awful. But for years, it would wave over me with embarrassment and I would do a gotta go and not deal with it. And it was like an underlying embarrassment. So every time I went up on stage, I was feeling that anxiety of embarrassment and finally when i realized with emotions we got to feel them 
I like sat down with it and I replayed the night and I wouldn't like every instinct to wanna like first instinct to go and grab and to deflect and not deal with it and shift the thinking. I actually like just pushed it down and I was like, no, sit with it, sit with it, sit with it. And now I can kind of laugh at it and recognize, you know, let the embarrassment go. Like I don't have that underlying feel, but because I kept deflecting and social media is, God, I remember a friend of mine, she went away on vacation with her family for a March break. This is back when we were allowed to travel still. And uh, sorry, is it too soon for a joke like that? But you know, <laughs> so it was a couple of years ago. And I said, gosh, you know, you had such an incredible vacation. And she she's like, oh, Allison, if you only knew. Two months later, they were divorced. Wow. So we're constantly judging ourselves, our inner world from people's external world what they want you to show snapshots in time that are not actually you know happiness producing and and then you get the trolls right the people who want to tell you how bad things are and i i've only i don't get a lot of them i think maybe because i just give them a big hug and you know i had this one guy who came on one of my facebook pages i'm not big on facebook i don't really i never really got the traction there but anyway, he comes on, he goes, I think you use Botox and you're ridiculous and all of this. And I said, well, first of all, let's not hate on Botox. <laughs> all good. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what's going on in your life right now that you thought you needed to share this with me um, or attack me in this way. But whatever it is, I'm here for you. Let's talk. And he, he was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And we had a private conversation and he was going through a lot of things. And he was taking that anger out on somebody who looked really happy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that social media, I, I'm just fascinated by how that's going to shape humanity. And now a word from our sponsors. Before I merged my social media agency with a search engine optimization company, I did a search, SEO companies in Canada, and of course, right there near the top was Casio. If you're looking for a quality SEO company that's going to help you get to the top of that search on Google, I would definitely recommend Casio, C-A-S-E-O dot C-A. Invest in the future of your business with Casio, one of the top Canadian SEO companies. I think a lot of it might have to do with the realization that, that it's an escapism. It's an escapism from reality. And yeah. if people are know that and when they know when they go to pick up that phone, they're leaving actual life for however long they want to scroll through their feed, um, then they make that differentiating factor that this is not real life. Yes. You know what I mean? This is like picking up a game, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. It certainly didn't paint a, paint a very good picture of uh, the whole thing. and. Um, and obviously there's pros and cons, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting movie. So I, I encourage everyone to check it out. So I kind of just want to shift a little bit and, and, sure. and kind of frame things up for today. We've had an amazing conversation so far. So thank you so much. I want to thank you for sharing a little bit about you and some of your background with, with pain and your history. That's uh, that's really amazing. So um, getting into the meat and potatoes, I love when the topics of our conversations are so relevant to what's going on in the world today. And, and this one, 
one is because we're dealing with so much challenge and sh so much change now more than ever. And, and what I mean by that is, is COVID. We're going through COVID right now. We're still in the midst of it. Um, so our goal for this episode is really to, really to help our audience, everyone listening right now, understand their relationship with challenge and change. Um, so we're going to dive into your framework, which is, has a great name. You call it the rapid fire resiliency rundown. So, um, I'm sure some of the examples that you've talked about so far, or some of the, uh, stories that you've shared include these, these three components, but maybe if you want to go, go through sure. them in, in order, that would be great. hundred percent. So often when we start solving problems, we generally start talking about how do we fix this? What's the solution? And I actually think that that is doing you a disservice because if we jump to the solution before we've done the first two parts of the framework, we actually will not get the best solution. So here's what I mean. The first piece is situational awareness. What exactly is happening and what is the real issue? And I'll come back to that to explain what I mean by that. And then the second piece is self-awareness. How am I responding to this? And without judgment, just through a lens of curiosity, how could I potentially be making this situation worse? And then we look at the solution activation. And I have four principles for solution activation. Just so I'm mindful of time and how much information to share. What do you think we have? Like two minutes or 10? Yeah. Give us, uh, yeah, we got three or four minutes. Three or four minutes, great. To, to okay. really dive into this. And I don't know yeah. if you have an example in mind. Um, yep. I mean, we, could, we can use like, one that Jay's already kind of. Sure, kinda, we can use any example. Yeah. We could, like, I think maybe for your audience, business is a big one. Yep, 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, let's look at the cash flow. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, I think the most important thing to understand in our lives is we have tasks, we have obstacles, and we have adversity. Okay, if we were to look at a uh, stress test and you know how much value would you put on all these different things, we tend to bucket as a society everything under the word stressful. Are you with me here? Oh yeah, yeah. that's really stressful. That's really stressful, that's really stressful. But in actual fact, not everything that goes wrong needs to be stressful. No. It's our response to it. So now, Task. No, well, I'm going to push on your three minutes, but this is oh, so important. Okay. Can we do yeah. it fast? Are you yeah. with me here, folks? Yep. Let's pretend we're going on a walk together. <laughs> okay. We got five kilometers. We're going to get to the end of the line. We're going down the path. Our task is we have to start here and we have to walk all the way to the end of the line. Okay. okay. Now, we as humans, like let's say you and I are walking and I, you're looking at me and instead of just walking in, I'm start picking up pebbles and putting them in my shoes. And then I pick up rocks and I put them in my backpack and we get to the end of the five kilometers and you're like, oh my God, that was hard. And you're like, it didn't need to be. So let's think if you have a report to do or invoicing that you procrastinate on forever. Like who procrastinates on invoicing? Let's be honest, but you know, <laughs> let's bring it in the money. Yeah. So like, you have to do your taxes, you have to do whatever, and you keep putting it off, keep putting it off. That's equivalent of putting pebbles in your shoes and making the task harder. Okay. Now an obstacle is we're walking down the path and all of a sudden there's a log 
Now, our job is to figure out, are we going to go over the log, under the log, around the log, blow the log up, move the log out of the way? How are we going to get past the log? The key here is that the path we were on still exists. So what we have to do is we have to figure out how do we get over, under, around, blow it up, whatever, get, it, get past the log as efficiently as possible. So this would be, let's say you've been, uh, you know, you had your client or you did something wrong or like, you know, a client didn't call you back. I don't know, whatever the obstacle, everybody has different obstacles in their life. Uh, for me and my pain story, um, you know, the pain, but then I looked, what are all the byproducts of the pain? Well, I couldn't drive myself. So I needed somebody to drive me. That's an obstacle. Okay. But what we do in life is we see these obstacles and we start hugging them and we look at the log and we're like, Oh, log, let me tell everybody the story of you, how you fell from up there where you used to be. And then we hug the log and we sit on the log and we don't actually keep going on the path. We allow ourselves to get bogged down with these logs. Those are obstacles. And I really believe most obstacles do not need our emotion attached to them. They just need to, we have to process them, which is the longer story. Then adversity, we are walking down this path. All of a sudden there's an earthquake and all there's a sinkhole in front of you. Now we're looking, we're on this path. The path we were on no longer exists. That's a true adversity. And so if we look at, if you were to write down everything in your life that is stressing you out and decide, is it a task, an obstacle, or an adversity? Then we can figure out what is our priority. By the way, this is just the situational awareness piece of mm -hmm. the, um, the, the framework, but it's so important because if we don't know what we're actually dealing with. Mm -hmm. So if it's a task, we wanna say, how can I get this done as efficiently as possible? That's it. No emotion, just get it done, have some fun doing it. Maybe whatever, doesn't matter. Just got to get it done. Obstacle. How do I look at it objectively and solve it? Figure out how do I get past it mm -hmm. as efficiently as possible? We have a medium level of control there. Tasks, we have a high level of control. But here's where people go wrong. They try to use the same thinking when they are faced with an adversity. Can't do that because in adversity, the path we were on were no longer there. So as we're trying to push through on the past and power through and power through, you can't mm -hmm. because what, the path you're on no longer exists. And that's where we have to focus on our healing. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at our uh, the problems that we solve, if we don't start with that framework in mind, we don't know the right solution because I know people who are like facing adversity, you know, and like that, you know, colleague who I mentioned, who was like, I know I got to power through, I got to keep going and just like get over the fact that the event industry no longer exists. Well, no, actually you can't because you've got to grieve the path you were on. But then the key is you figure out what obstacles come from that. So now I have a cash flow problem. Okay, let me, that's not adversity. Cash flow is not adversity. Even if you go bankrupt, maybe a little bit for a while, but it's not. The fact that we don't know if we're ever going to go to a concert again, 
or if your kids are going to have a chance to like go in a mosh pit, you know, at a concert or, uh, you know, go to a bar or, or whatever they want to do, that's adversity. And that if we try to power through it, we do ourselves a disservice. We have to process that like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. So that is the fastest I'd probably ever explain that concept. But can you understand the difference between task, obstacle, adversity, 100%. and how critical it is to understand what we're dealing with at any one time? Yes. Because we all know people who turn tasks into obstacles. Yeah. And, and I know we're not going to, we got to, we probably got to have Allison back for another episode to talk about the self awareness piece of this because obviously self, the self awareness piece is critical to that situational awareness piece. Yeah. Right. So it, it is. Well, and that becomes the next piece and, and then solution. Then we find the solution, but we've cleared it all out and we know how to find the right solution because of it. So, you know, and I have a blog that's full of information. I've got the uh, Resiliency Ninja podcast, which I haven't done in a long time because I've let go of that Resiliency Ninja branding. Mm -hmm. I'm just Allison Graham, no ninja. Uh, So, yeah, people can get me and, like, reach out to me, and I'm happy to chat. Yeah. Any way to support your community. What is the best way for uh, people to get in touch with you, Allison? Uh, My website is allisongraham.co.co. And uh, LinkedIn is my favorite place to hang out on LinkedIn. So come awesome. on over. Will do for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on the show today, Allison. I really appreciate it. And I know we didn't get through the entire rapid fire resilience rundown, but uh, just that situational piece, I think, is going to bring a lot of value to people so that hopefully they can start framing what, what is this situation that I'm going through? Is it a task? Is it an obstacle or is it an adversity? And I think that in itself will really help people. Um, so we'll definitely bring you back on to discuss the other two. And right. and uh, we joked we joked at the beginning of the show before we started started recording if you've listened to the end of our show and uh, that is where this piece comes in so we ask the same question to every single guest at the end and that is if you could choose one person dead or alive to represent your brand who would it be and why oh no okay <laughs> one person dead or alive to represent she my didn't brand. listen to the whole she, thing she I, told you though. I did i told you uh, um, oh my gosh one person and it can't be me. It can't be you. <laughs> that seems like a really obvious answer. Um, <laughs> my God, that's a weird question. I love it. I should have listened to all the way through. The, the second best person to represent Allison Graham. I don't know. It could be your mom. It could be your dog. It could be both. It probably could be. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Winston Churchill. You know that? But I don't think he'd be. I'm not as aggressive. A, I, I'm not gruff enough to have him represent me. Um Hmm. You know what? I'd say Mel Robbins. It's a How's great that? We haven't had that one yet. She's awesome. So let's yeah. go with that one. I want to be Mel when I grow up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can help you get there. And again, thank awesome. you so much for coming on to the show. And we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Absolutely. Have the best day. Thank, thank you. Awesome. awesome. That was great, man. Like, uh, you know, we get these incredible guests that uh, come from all different walks of life and, uh, and and all different backgrounds and and it's great especially that one there and and i i personally love that rabbit hole of, of talking about psychology and and resilience perseverance all that stuff right and um 
And I mean, we could have talked to Allison for, for quite a while, but you, that whole piece with the situational awareness, um, is so important that all problems and obstacles are different and they need to be attacked differently. Yes, hundred percent. Such an amazing, uh, guest and, and show and, um, yeah, looking forward to having her back on. And, and to my point earlier about that social dilemma documentary that we watched, uh, so much there for us to dive in on and hopefully we can do that soon. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And, and we'll have to have Allison back to talk about that social um, or the, the, the social, well, social awareness, self-awareness piece um, to that, um, because I definitely think that's super important to, to, to go over. So we'll have to have Allison part two. Yeah, part two. All right. Perfect. Cool. Okay. Thank everybody. Uh, thank you all for watching, for listening. And don't forget to go on over, rate, subscribe, and share with all your friends. We want this to be the best podcast in the world. Leave that five-star review. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. See ya.